0: Kathy's not here Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Kathy's not, not even on, on yet, even though I'm recording. I know, yeah, right? Kathy's no. dumb. I'm gonna no. eat my French fries in the microphone and no, talk about is, her. Now this is all going into the this bloopers. Can be my, this could be my pre-show. My pre-show <laughs> bloopers. Talking to my sweetie about Kathy being dumb while I eat my French fries, because who doesn't love mouth sounds? Have fun in your giggle box. Thank you. <laughs>
1: To Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy.
0: And I'm your other host, Mary.
1: And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG1. Hi. Hi. Um, Sorry, hang on one second. I don't know That's what's
0: fine. Going on today. I'm eating french fries. What are you eating? Sorry. McDonald's french fries that Jeff just brought me. Nice.
1: I just ate McDonald's french fries too, <gasps> but Jeff didn't bring me them because that would be weird um oh That'd be really shit. Funny, where are my notes <laughs>
0: <What'd> <laughs> be funny? take your time I'm just gonna keep eating my french fries here All into right. the microphone like I'm a monster. so sorry it's just this day I'm so tired <laughs> I'm so tired but I'll talk about that in a second yeah. when you found your notes and <laughs> you're ready to go
1: oh should I try reading them right from here
0: sure why not right Mm-hmm. I love right, the I'll sound of the... I'll stop being the, such a monster and put my French fries down.
1: No, <laughs> don't, don't stop being a monster. Okay. It's amazing.
0: Yum, 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 yum. I Yum, yum, yum. It's not distracting, right? No, not at all. This is the first time that I've like actually gotten to relax. Like I actually, you almost thought about it's been such a busy day. I was like, maybe I should ask Kathy if we can postpone or do it later. I was like, no, this is like the one thing I really want to do with my day. <laughs> so I'm just enjoying not working right now. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Not working is nice. Hmm. Okay. I have notes up. We'll see what happened. I mean, last time I pasted them in, like,
0: it disappeared some of them. So hopefully that doesn't happen That's this weird. time. Well, I have comprehensive notes and I will send you anything if you're missing anything. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, how are you today?
1: I'm okay. I'm just busy at work, and
0: mm-hmm. that's about it. <laughs> yeah. My brain is tired because Yay. of work. Aww. Teaching a class that you haven't taught before is challenging. Um, not even because like, I don't know the material, although it can be challenging Like if you don't remember the material. Thankfully, my A&P2 class, I was going into it a little bit worried. I'm like, I hope I don't start prepping for this class and then realize I don't know any of this stuff nearly as well as I think I do. Thankfully, it's actually turning out the other way around where I actually know the stuff going into this better than I actually realized that I already do. But it still takes like a long time to prep for classes and prep for like some of the different PowerPoint slides and stuff. Like I've been working with people who have diabetes for like over a decade now. But in order to like have a good, accurate slide deck, I still had to do some like background research to get a really succinct list of, like, the tests and treatments and symptoms, because, like, I know all that stuff off the top of my head, but to be as accurate as possible, I really needed to find, like, a good source that I can now cite to my students, rather than just being like, yeah, I remember this is what it was like when I was talking to people about it several years ago, and if I'm forgetting anything important, then, um, too bad. (laughs) If you forgot it, it's
1: probably not important.
0: Fair point. (laughs) Fair point so yeah my brain is tired just so many hormones and not not like hormone i mean, like yes there's hormones in my body but i mean like so many hormones that i've been talking to them about and it's all so technical that my brain is tired yeah oh that's my day it was mostly mostly that and some like grocery shopping and um finishing this episode because i hadn't finished it until this morning
1: yay oh i have a i have exciting news (gasps) you already know it Oh, <laughs> I'm still excited anyway. <laughs> I'm sitting in your chair. Yay! That is
0: exciting. I appreciate it. Isn't it comfy?
1: It's much more comfy than the folding chair.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it's still no haunted rocking chair, but sure beats a folding chair. Right. Yay. I'm glad yeah. that we finally remembered to have you take that home. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's exciting. Excellent. Yeah. That's excellent news. What are you drinking today? Anything? I have Diet Coke from my McDonald's meal. I like your name, by the way, that Kathy totally has her act together. That's for sure how I'm feeling today.
1: And I like your I'm 37, I'm not old.
0: (laughs) It's our 37th episode.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. Okay. I was like, oh, she changed her name finally.
0: (laughs) No, no. that's just the name of the recording. (laughs) You have a Diet Coke. I have a Diet Coke and and I have...
1: I have a long trail trail hopper IPA nice. for after that if
0: I so desire. Good choice. I do yeah. have a big glass of water because I've been regretting that the last couple times I've forgotten my glass of water. And then I also went out and got more UFO pumpkin because oh, yes. on my on my top tier my my one of my top beers. So good, delicious. So, top tier, top beer. Exactly, top beer top tier beer top tier beer yeah there we go yeah not to be confused with top shelf beer which is gross yeah yeah (laughs) but they're not open anymore anyway so So here we are they're just a memory i was gonna say can i get in trouble now for like libel or slander i forget which one is the spoken one but yeah they're not open so it doesn't matter (laughs)
1: yeah also like not liking something i don't think you can True. Well, I guess if you say it's objectively terrible and no one should drink it, I don't know, maybe that's... Still well, right. it was objectively
0: terrible and tasted Agreed. like Band-Aids, so... Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. What are we talking about today? As far as podcast goes and not with regard to being tired from our jobs and well, beers and various drinks we're drinking.
1: Today, we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 2, Episode 16, A Matter of Time. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Space! The, the final, final frontier. frontier! There is an image of a sun that we see as we're traveling through space and we zoom in towards that sun and on the far side of it we see something that seems to be drawing wisps or energy or something from the sun. It's a little ambiguous at first and then the thing sends out what looks like a shockwave of energy, and then more stuff gets sucked in from the sun and more rocks are recruited in towards it. On a sandy desert planet, not necessarily a sandy desert planet, any sandy desert <laughs> on a planet, there we go, an SG team is running and talking in slow motion. It's very weird. They're struggling to run in the sand and they're falling. They're talking about how they're not going to make it. No, we're gonna make it. Dial, dial. dial they dial and then holy shit this is a long scene that i have for the next one anyway (laughs) in the meeting room suddenly jack and sam are having this was very funny to me (laughs) jack and sam are having a whispered conversation where jack is asking her to explain to him yet again for like the millionth time those wormholes we go through aren't always there right and sam says no only between two open gates I'm not going to make this a whole ASMR thing. <laughs> so Jack says, "What? what's with the worm part? And she explains that it's just a metaphor, like a worm burrowing through an apple to get from one side to the other without going all the way around on the outside. And she smiles and looks at Jack expectantly. And he's just like, okay. And she really should have just stopped there, but that's when she started to get all technical and she's saying, well, except the diameter of the apple is really just a two-dimensional representation of space-time, and the hole isn't really a hole per se, but an interdimensional conduit. And she stops and she's like, Colonel? And he's looking <laughs> completely overwhelmed, and he's like, OK. I'll be all right. And then he just stands there looking confused while Sam smiles at him. Suddenly there's an alarm for an incoming traveler. And so they rush to the control room. The iris closes and Jack asks who's out there right now. Crush Guy is there and tells him that 4, 6, and 10 are out there. And they talk about how Daniel is apparently on vacation, aka on a dig with SG-6 on px 3808 Hence, he's not in this episode at all, except for the last scene. <laughs> yeah. Crush Guy can't identify the signal. He says it's a GDO transmission or something along those lines. The monitor shows a technical MacGuffin screen and Sam asks if she can hear the signal so he plays it out loud and it's this really low pitched sound and she says that it sounds like it's intermittent RF pulses, low frequency. Hammond comes in and asks what's going on and she tells him it's a repeating pattern of some sort. She tells Lieutenant Crush to run it again at a much faster pace, which is very specific terminology. So he chooses 200 percent and that doesn't do anything. So Sam tells him to try 600 percent and he does that. And there's modem noises. And suddenly that was the perfect number. The computer recognizes the signal as SG10's signal. And good thing it only took two completely random guesses for them to figure that out. (laughs) Very convenient. Yes. Jack clarifies that that is Henry Boyd's team, and Hammond is wondering why that signal would go through so slowly. They don't really know, but figure that they need to open the iris right away, or the next thud that they hear will be Henry Boyd's team. So the iris opens, but there are a few tense moments while they wait, and then unfortunately the wormhole collapses and nobody comes through. So Jack immediately wants to go through right away to do a rescue mission, but Hammond says that they need to send a probe first, but he does want SG-1 and SG-3 to be ready to go at a moment's notice if the probe shows that it is okay, and then we get credits. Woo! Whew, that was lengthy. That was lengthy. That was a very I, long, cold open.
1: I Yeah, it was. And I actually feel like there were a lot, quite a few long scenes in this.
0: Mm-hmm. There Maybe, were a lot of long scenes of like yeah. people looking at each other. And uh, it was nice to take a break from typing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or catch yeah. up on my typing while that was happening. Whew.
1: Okay. Hmm. After credits, we are in the gate room. They're getting ready to go to send the probe through. Sam says that system they're in is a binary system. Mm-hmm. Tilk wants to know if they think it was an enemy attack that is going on. And Hammond says that there are no indications that that is the case. And that the team, in fact, reported that all, all basically, indigenous life on that planet had become recently extinct. Is all that, life,
0: apparently. All yep.
1: life, yeah. So that's <laughs> not good. Yeah.
0: Not, not generally, no. No.
1: Jack is... Not happy that he's not just rushing through the gate right now. Hammond is determined they're going to send the probe through first and make a proper threat determination. That is a good call. Yes, agreed. Uh I'm glad Hammond sticks to his guns on this one. Yes. Despite Jack personally recommending Boyd for this command and wanting to help him out of trouble. And being extra insistent. Yeah. Yeah. And normally that man caves, but today (laughs) he held tight. Mm -hmm. So the gate opens and the Malp goes through. And I, at this point, I sort of noted, I feel like some of the announcements were the most specific they've ever been. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Before when the Iris was closing, there was an announcement that the Iris was closing. And I don't remember that happening before, but yeah. yeah, you're right. And then at this point, someone's counting down the, when the mouth will rematerialize, which I think before we've had moments where they're waiting for that, but I don't remember a specific countdown for that happening. No, I feel
0: like that's something that I think that they did, like, in the movie, and maybe like earlier on, maybe, but yeah. like, yeah, they don't really tend to show the, the tracking of them watching somebody move across the universe, or the galaxy, rather, except for like that that last episode with Jack, because he was going so far, and then like the first episode, but it was weird. Yeah. I mean, certainly
1: I think with the, like waiting for the melp to rematerialize, is just like them waiting around, which this episode is a lot of time issues, obviously. So yes. that just kind of sort of adds to that like feeling, I guess. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair. Lots of waiting.
1: Yeah. So the melp arrives on the planet, but they aren't seeing much. They just see some red on the screen. Mm-hmm. The MALP is sending information even more slowly than the code was coming through before, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I say I think. I I know that's what someone said. I think it was uh, (laughs) Crush Guy. Yep. Yeah. So they try to compensate for the image that Sam says they're receiving is redshifted towards the Mm -hmm. infrared end of the spectrum. So they work to try to make that clearer and... Crush Guy does get a clearer image out of that, and we see the SG Team 10 kind of frozen on the screen. And Tilk says it looks like something might be pursuing them. Hammond asks that they play back the full transmission, but Crush Guy reports that they've only gotten 11 frames of video in the last six minutes, Whoop. which, yeah, <laughs> which Sam points out is like a fraction of a second. Uh huh. She looks like, maybe it's a malfunction. And Jack's like, team's in trouble. Maybe under attack. We got to go. Time to go through. Let's go. Let's go. Got to go. That's not how he says it,
0: but that's how I. It's essentially. Yeah. He was very urgent and uh, yeah, quite staunch in his demand to go. Like And,
1: now. and Hammond looked ready to assent, but Sam's like, yep. negative. We nope. can't
0: help them. <laughs> he was so indignant when she said that, too. I know. I know. It was surprising.
1: Sam has them tilt the camera up and they get a wider image on the screen of the background behind the team. And they isolate and digitally enhance it, (laughs) which is totally Totally a thing. thing. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they recognize that it is a black hole and in fact, a new one. (laughs)
0: Which, if you really looked at it, it was very clearly a satellite image of a hurricane that they just, like, (laughs) photoshopped in there.
1: But no, a black hole.
0: But no, it's a newly formed black hole.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. That you could for sure tell was newly formed. I guess the planet wouldn't be there anymore if it wasn't newly formed. So I guess that would inform you at least as far as to how long it had been there. (laughs)
1: So the black hole is going to pull everything in to it. And Hammond's like, they could get out. And she says, cl- Sam says, clearly they're trying, but the closer you get, Jack goes, time slows down. And Teal'c says it's almost like they're standing still. So Sam says that time is relative and it's probably only been a few seconds according to SG10. Hammond asks what happens if they yeah, can't get out of there. Sam Technobabble's a little, (laughs) says that their bodies will be pulled apart by increasing tidal forces. Spaghettification. Yeah. And from their perspective, the Stargate probably opened for only a second.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, Yeah. Teal'c was like, well, if they dialed out once before, they'll
1: probably just try it again. Oh, they try again, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And Sam's like, that wouldn't really do any good. Not really.
1: And Jack says that they're done for and they know it. Because look at his face. Yeah. And that is the face of Boyd that he's referring to on the screen. So Hammond says they should disengage the Stargate. And Sam's like, hold on, hold on. We're witnessing some amazing thing we can't possibly have witnessed normally by some fluke of the Stargate. And Jack's like, we're witnessing good men die in slow motion, angrily. So Sam's like, oh, yeah, you're right. So she gets a hold of her inner nerd. Hammond orders the gate shut down, but it won't. <gasps> he says, try again. And Crush Guy is like, I already tried twice. The gate won't close. No, no. Ah! Ah! That was, see, that was a long one, too. It was.
0: <laughs> wow, that was a really long one. Yeah. Yeah. Outside, it seems that the wildfire protocol has been put in place because there are troops arriving and jumping out of vehicles with their weapons drawn facing into the facility. A higher up of some sort gets out of a jeep and asks one of the guards how long they've been out of contact with the facility. And the guy says it's been about four hours, but it was funky for a while (laughs) before that. The The CO asks, is that proper military terminology? What does funky mean? And the guard specifies that, well, everyone was talking slow, <laughs> like when the battery is low on your Walkman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> your Walkman, Walkman with its battery, your AA battery or AAA or whatever size they, need, size they needed. Oh
1: my God. Ooh. Kids. Yeah. That's what an iPod slash iPhone was <laughs> in
0: the 90s. Not
1: your phone, but it's the thing yeah. you carried around to listen to music.
0: Yeah. Except that tapes were all like, an hour on each side yeah. if that and took up lots of space and and yeah they were yeah. way heavier too and bulky running with one was annoying headphones in those days were not great either headphones were also bad in those days yeah who the dark ages the dark yeah. ages of the walkman yes <laughs> so the ceo is like uh huh whatever he asks if the shaft that he is pointing to will take them directly down to sub level 28 and the guard says it will but he's not sure how they're going to get there and the ceo is like well we came prepared and so they start putting on some repelling equipment and getting some ropes ready yeah yeah Hammond picks up his red phone because he's
1: got an urgent matter he needs to talk to the president about however
0: there's no one there to hear him uh oh that's not good I like that he went through his whole line of how he needed to talk urgently with the president before realizing that there was no one on the other line.
1: Yeah, he doesn't wait. He just picks no. it up and somebody needs to be there. Someone's <laughs> whole job is to make sure they are on top of that if Hammond picks up that line.
0: When he picks up that line, I would think that there would be somebody telling him on the other end, go ahead or, you know, you go for bestie Prezi or whatever.
1: <laughs> Hammond doesn't wait. He waits for he waits for no greeting. Fair. I'm in the gate room Everyone is working on trying to deactivate the Stargate. Teal goes out to help Siler, who is in the gate room. Sam heads up the stairs to actually talk to Hammond and meets him on the stairs. And they discuss that there is a theoretical time limit to how long the Stargate can stay open, which I think we learned in that parallel episode was, what, Mm -hmm. like 38 minutes? Something like that. It was like 20 initially, but then they like fixed it and tweaked it so they could get it to stay open longer but Sam says they're past even that and Hammond wants to know how this is possible and Sam says that she guesses time is passing slowly (laughs) (laughs) and they're experiencing paradox that the Stargate was never designed for and instead of the calming water effect of the stargate we see that the surface of the gate is swirling as if a bunch of kids were circling and trying to make a whirlpool in their swimming pool
0: <laughs> i thought of it more like a toilet flushing but ah I suppose that that's a, a nicer i was a nicer <laughs> thing to liken it to i was, I was children <laughs> having fun in a pool i was
1: i was having flashes of
0: childhood Doing
1: that's true. the childhood whirlpools yes, while this absolutely. was happening.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I do. I remember that. That was fun. I used to
1: love that. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was fun. Your uncle's pool. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. Good times. Good times.
1: Did you ever come to my pool when I had a pool? I did. Oh yeah, I forgot you had a pool, but yes, I did. Yeah, that, that was a was, long time ago. That was a long time ago. Those were good times. I yeah. love a swimming pool. Me too. I haven't gone swimming in a long time.
0: Anyway. I haven't gone swimming in a couple summers. Two summers ago when I got my dive master certification. I think it's actually the last time I went swimming.
1: I think I went once last year. I went to Hammanasset and just took a swim because I was nice. hot. It was gross because it yeah. was Hammanasset. But, <laughs> you know. Sorry. Sorry, Connecticut. I'm trashing our beaches. We don't have good
0: beaches. No. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway. It's yeah. Not saying anything that's not true. There are many better beaches in many different places.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: Hammond wants to know why the Stargate is
1: doing its swirly-whirly pool thing. Those are words. Past the sea of swirly-whirly <laughs> <laughs> Sam does not know. Jack said it started just after Hammond called the president. And Hammond's like, well, I never got through to him. Crush Guy tells Hammond that they've lost communication below level 24
0: i noticed here that the um the subtitles finally gave him a name of simmons apparently oh but i nice. continue to call him lieutenant crush yeah my notes. <laughs> yeah
1: that's a good one too i should change that too <laughs> hammond wants to know where the nearest phone is then
0: shouldn't he already know that i would think so <laughs> he says he knows everything that's going on in his facility i would think that at the very least he should know where the next emergency secure line is, aside from his office, if his office isn't accessible.
1: Yeah, you would think so. I don't know. (sighs) So Hammond heads towards the nearest functioning phone and says he won't be gone too long. And Jack asks Sam what would happen if they just pulled the plug on the Stargate. She doesn't have an immediate answer. But. But. Dot, dot, dot.
0: They decide to give that a try. <laughs> so, a little bit later, down in the well, this scene is kind of actually across the electrical room, control room, and the gate room. Yeah. Jack and Seiler, who we met a few episodes back, arrive down in the electrical room and they're talking to Sam, who is walking them through the process of properly shutting things down. I almost expected either uh, like a dismembered arm or a velociraptor to pop up at any <laughs> moment. Oh, Mr. Arnold. Because even though they're shutting things down rather than turning them back on, it was still quite reminiscent of the uh, the power shed scene yes. <laughs> in Jurassic Park. So they get to work, closing all the appropriate breakers, and Sam calls down to the gate room and telling everyone to stand clear, since they really have absolutely no idea what's going to happen here. Till loudly announces to everyone we must vacate this area. There's a very hard cut to the electrical room where Jack and the tech are backing away from smoking, sparking circuit breakers. Jack tells Sam that whatever they did didn't seem to have worked, so she says that they need to try to pull the main breaker. They do pull the main breaker, but Siler gets shocked so badly that he's thrown back and knocked unconscious. People in the gate room get injured too. The lights flicker, the wormhole flickers, and looks like it's going to fade out but even though the power is now off, the gate and the wormhole stabilize. Sam thinks that the gate is drawing power from the black hole itself then at this point, since it is apparently not drawing it from the facility. And so she rushes out, talking about how they need to get the fires in the gate room out and under control. And she also calls for medical teams to help the people down in the gate room.
1: The mountain is now on emergency internal power. <laughs> so says the voice on the intercom. it just it just stood out to me yeah yeah. well
0: i mean it was like the only thing happening in that scene yeah there's people running in a hall and then it says that
1: in the gate room sam has gone to uh check on teal'c teal'c's like i'm good (laughs) and sam is like no (laughs) you've got bad burns and i thought it was kind of weird that teal'c Told everyone to clear out of there, but he didn't leave himself. I agree. He was still standing right in front yeah. of the gate. Like, what were you doing, dude? Right. But any, now now you're now you've been burned.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the past he at least seems to show some level of imperative for like self-preservation, even despite his hagfish. Yeah. But
1: not so much here. It was weird. Tilg looks at the gate and there's some sort of smoke or something heading in towards the wormhole sam holds up her dog tags to the gate and they are drawn in and then sucked into into the wormhole sam's alarmed (laughs) yes (laughs) she tells uh, lieutenant crush to close the iris but he for some reason is like Oh, uh, it's an outgoing wormhole, and nothing can come through this way. It's cool, and Sam's like, "Yeah," except for we've got this gravity problem. So then he closes it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude. I wouldn't think that would actually do anything whatsoever, but no, but apparently it does. That's
1: all they have, though. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that is really their only course of action at this point. Yeah, you're right. Next, we're at the elevator, and Hammond gets off of the elevator and is met by a bunch of flashlights and guns in his face. Thankfully, somebody there recognizes this as Hammond, so he tells everyone to stand down and introduces himself as Major Davis. Apparently, he's been sent by the Joint Chiefs and tells Hammond that he needs to come with him. Hammond wants to know what the hell all of these randos are doing in his facility. But Major Davis says that they thought that there was an alien invasion of some sort going on, so a Special Forces team's already been sent down before them. And before anyone had figured out what was going on, so now let's go. I'm going to brief you on the way to your aircraft. Time is of the essence. Don't want to keep your bestie waiting. He wants to see you in person, apparently, because Hammond tries to argue. I'm not going anywhere until I talk to him. But nope. President sent for him personally. Aw. So Hammond says lead the way. They get to see each other in person rather than on the red phone. They do. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Too bad it's not under great circumstances, True. but, you know, they could they could have a moment of like, yeah, hey, exactly. Hey, good to see yeah. you, good to see great. you, my friend.
0: Catch up on old times for at least like a minute.
1: Yeah. That'd
0: be great. I missed you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I missed you too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: Next, Dr. Frazier is running through the halls of the SGC, and right into the man in charge from the first group that came through because they cut through a door just as she's arrives at it and they push
0: her against yes. the wall she i like the expression on her face when she realized someone was cutting directly through the wall <laughs> <laughs> she just stopped and she's like uh what yeah
1: <laughs> it is it is you know an unusual sight i suppose (laughs) yes even for the sgc (laughs) yeah so they make her pull out her dog tags to prove her identity and fraser is like what the fuck (laughs) and the man introduces himself did he yeah as cromwell Mm -hmm. at this point yeah and that they are special ops and five hours ago contact was lost with the SGC and they're there to find out why. And Fraser's like, "Well, I've gotten a medical emergency." And he says that they thought the SGC might be overrun by hostiles, and Fraser's like, "You've been misinformed." And then he's like, "Well, you could be one of them."
0: So they follow her down the hall. They do. They do. With their guns still drawn even though she asked them to put them away. Yeah, well. <sighs> she could be a hostile. They don't know. She could very hostile looking doctor yeah 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 out in some vehicle davis is telling hammond that they were hoping someone from the mountain would come up and confirm their hypothesis good use of that word instead of using theory i noticed (laughs) uh that the sgc is experiencing some sort of time dilation i wanted to know how they figured that out but we never get that information Like, if they weren't able to communicate with anybody inside the mountain, how did they figure out it was time dilation and not an invasion? But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Hammond's like, well, that explains the trouble with communication. And Davis says that according to relativity, the only two things that could cause that issue are velocities near the speed of light or extreme gravity. So Hammond tells them about the wormhole to a planet with a black hole on it that they established 10 minutes ago, at least by his perspective, although... When this whole thing started, it was daytime and clear, and now it's nighttime and raining. Davis says that now you can't disengage the gate. That was our hypothesis. And he points out that they have apparently at this point had extra hours to think about it. And Hammond looks really shocked to learn that for everyone else, hours have passed in the 10 minutes that he mentioned. And Davis says that they'll conference Hammond in with his bestie president on the aircraft on the way to see his bestie friend. All right. BFF. Yeah. BFP. <laughs> BFP. Yeah.
1: I have a question about this scene. Yes. Hammond is wearing his general's hat. Where did he get that from? Oh, <laughs> I hadn't noticed. That's a good question. Davis had a hat on too, but I presume he probably brought that yeah. with him. But do they bring like spare hats in case people have to get into, or spare
0: uniforms even if they need to be in more formal wear without notice? Right. <laughs> uh i don't know i wouldn't imagine he was carrying it in his pocket because then it would get all rumpled so did they have an extra hat for him did he Yay. did he go back down to get his hat and then come back up seems like that, that would, would take be, hours yeah <laughs> but anyway they were wearing hats and i was like where'd the hat come from nice man? i hadn't noticed now it's a hammond hat watch instead of a cat <laughs> watch. <laughs> We've had a we've had a dry spell of teal cats anyway. So. We have, I know. Yeah. Sad. I know there's more coming up eventually, but I don't know when. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're just delightful surprises when they happen. They are.
0: <laughs> Back at the base, we get an outside view. It has stopped raining and things are looking mostly peaceful. It's still nighttime though. Inside in the infirmary, multiple wounded are being treated. Sam and Jack are with Teal'c who seems to think that they're making a way bigger deal of his injuries than is necessary. He says that it's simple electrical burns and nothing more. Sam says that he'll still be down for a few days, even with his symbiote. And then all of a sudden there is a tremor, rather like an earthquake. Sam guesses that it's gravity waves, which, fun fact, we've only just recently, like within the last year or two, found evidence that gravity waves are a real thing. Ooh. Yeah. She thought the wormhole itself would be able to act as an insulator against the excess gravity from the black hole. But apparently their space time and gravity are also warping. And Jack's like, would you stop that? Because he has no idea what she's talking about. So she translates that they're in trouble. And he says, thanks. I'll think of something. <laughs> Jack runs into Dr. Fraser and
1: her entourage in the hallway. <laughs> Jack recognizes the man in charge as Cromwell. So they know one another. Fraser goes on in to deal with all the medical emergencies. And Jack says to Cromwell, it's been a while. And Cromwell's like, yeah, like five hours. We're all worried. Where's the general? (laughs) They're reiterating things because of the loss of contact that they thought they had been overrun with aliens. And Jack's like, and they sent you. (laughs) So they head to the control room to all have a look at the gate. We have a little catch up again. So Jack's filling them in on what has happened. SG-10 was trying to come back. There's a black hole and there's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, Lieutenant Crush is just standing down in front of the iris. Oh, you know what? He was, you know what? Actually, he was taking some kind of readings, I think. He was taking okay. readings,
0: yeah. But I was like, man, he's real close to that. But anyway. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> I'll have an issue with that in a second, but continue. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Sam comes in and she says she took the liberty of closing the iris, which I think they know because it's closed and they are <laughs> they have eyes and can see. Jack introduces Cromwell to Captain Doctor Samantha Doctor Carter (laughs) Cromwell is there to rescue them and Jack's like I wouldn't count on it they compare what time it is on their watches Uh, it's 1330 hours compared to 1900 on Cromwell's and Sam's like I have to get off this level
0: I thought it was weird that Cromwell was like so incredulous. He thought her watch was just wrong. Yeah. Even despite the fact that they've been talking about time dilation, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff, he's like, well, you better adjust your watch. Your watch is off.
1: Yeah, I think that he's probably not used to all of this, obviously. Fair.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. So he's but... like, well,
1: what's the logical explanation here? Yeah. alien invasion though is that
0: more logical (laughs) no i guess i was thinking well maybe i mean like they went in there assuming aliens i don't know that this is any less weird or more weird it
1: might be less at least there's a precedent for aliens whereas Mm. there's not like they've never opened the stargate and started to like experience time differently than (laughs) they do elsewhere on earth i don't know But I was mostly thinking about the watch. And, you know, if there's a time difference on your watch, usually you think somebody's watch is broken, not (laughs) time is passing more slowly. But anyway, (laughs) Lieutenant Crush calls out to Sam, but he has a very distorted, slowed voice.
0: Captain Carter.
1: (laughs) Sam asks what he's got, and he says the field is expanding. And that they're up to seven G's at the iris. So, Kathy. Yes,
0: Mary. It is now time for a very long science tangent, if you're Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might, this long science tangents might need their own theme music, but.
0: they. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. But yeah, they will. because this one's a really long one okay so g's are technically a measure of acceleration rather than force so according to wikipedia that i was using as a source and yes wikipedia is a decent source even though i tell my students never cite it use it for a source of citations anyway that's another tangent Force, if anybody remembers back from basic physics is uh, mass times acceleration so g-forces are a measure of acceleration and misuse of the term aside though I was curious how many g-forces people can actually withstand, because him saying that we're at 7 g's sounded pretty high to me, but I wasn't really sure, so I decided to go and look this up and that's when I fell down like this big rabbit hole. So apparently, due to the shape of our squishy, inefficient bodies, we actually can withstand different g-forces depending on which direction we're moving in, whether we're moving vertically or horizontally. So typically vertical. A person would be able to withstand five G's before passing out. And this is vertical, like going up, head up. And a pilot would be able to withstand about nine G's with proper training. So seven is kind of in the middle of that range. Downward, with blood being forced towards the head, would be actually negative two to negative three G's. We would not... Tolerate that very well at all because, like, our brains would essentially explode from all of the, the blood being forced into our brains. So, two to three G's in the opposite direction. Okay. So far, so good?
1: Yeah. Sorry, I just had a moment of, um, what's the word? Space balls when Dark Helmet is like, my brains are going into my feet. <laughs> 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 anyway. Nice. Go on.
0: <laughs> Horizontally, then, if you, so if you are traveling. From your perspective, you're like standing up and traveling forward or you're, you know, like you see the the astronauts taking off and they're laying down as they're being propelled up into the air. That would be horizontal forward, also known as eyeballs. And that is actually how we have the most tolerance because it doesn't cause as much severe compression on the spine and it doesn't cause as much severe pooling of blood in the brain. So at that, we can maintain about 20 G's for 10 seconds while still being conscious and able to perform simple tasks. Horizontally backwards, which is also referred to as eyeballs out, is tougher because our eyeballs are not meant to be handling forces like that. The blood vessels in our retinas have issues with that. And so we're not able to handle that quite as well, but we can still go in either direction, forward or backward, for about 10 minutes at 6 G's, even though we can't handle the same maximum going eyeballs out direction. So, Long story short, Simmons, Lieutenant Crush, facing towards the gate, would have had some crazy unhappy eyes if he was facing towards the gate at 7 G's when really our maximum tolerance is about 6 G's for 10 minutes. At 7 G's for however long he was standing there, he probably shouldn't be able to see anything at this point. Okay. And either way, he would have been plastered to the iris from so the gravitational he would have been forces. Literal lieutenant crush. Yes. <laughs> 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 but, but, doesn't end there. I have additional fun facts for you. Yes. Okay. So, the record for the most G's ever uh, uh, thought to have happened to a person and still survived was kenny black who is a race car driver in 2003 chevy 500 car crash they think that he withstood 214 g's during that crash and i don't know if he like had any permanent impairment the article didn't say but he survived wow a high g roller coaster is 3.5 to 6.3 g space shuttle is somewhere around 3 g An uninhibited sneeze after sniffing black pepper is 2.9 G. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A hearty greeting slap on the upper back is 4.1 G. And last but not least, my favorite, the mantis shrimp, has an acceleration of claw during a predatory strike that has been measured at ten thousand four hundred g, and that is actually so fast that it creates a teeny tiny sonic boom. (laughs) So yeah, the velocity that it reaches. Yeah. (laughs) That has been fun science with Mary.
1: Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm done <laughs> Sorry, you may, you may continue with the
1: scene. If you well, like. you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be good after that where you're like, here are these specific science things where I literally write next. <laughs> Sam says to Jack and Cromwell That something about the gravitational somethings And a lensing effect But she can't be sure and I don't know Because she says science things and they look at her And so do I
0: Oh I don't know this is physics yeah. This gets beyond me I understand the g-forces because like that impacts physiology Fair. And like, how our bodies work at different forces So like I get yeah. that But like yeah start talking about lensing effects And yeah. gravitational waves Whoa. And, and wibbly wobbly timey wimey things yeah. And you do start to lose me <laughs>
1: So Jack nods. I nod along. Cromwell's like, don't pretend you understood that. (laughs) (laughs) Sam clarifies that time is passing more slowly here than outside, which I think we hopefully have established now. But Cromwell's like, time is time. And Sam's like, "Uh, no, idiot. Relativity. Ever heard of it? (laughs) That's not what she says. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, time is being slowed by this black hole. Sam continues to explain that the field is expanding like a bubble. So, this time issue is going to affect a larger area as time goes on. As time goes on. <gasps> yeah. Sam says she needs to leave and contact the Pentagon to find a solution. And then suddenly Hammond appears. Poof. Peekaboo. And he says he just came from Washington and he had an all night sesh with the Prezi and the Joint Chiefs. And he announces he's been gone for 18 <laughs> hours. And Jack's like, I thought you were on the phone. <laughs> uh, the time dilation is getting worse, Sam notes. And Hammond says that is the consensus and that they've established a command post above to monitor the situation. And Sam says she needs to get up there. And Hammond says that the experts up there have already devised a plan that they need to initiate the auto-destruct sequence to destroy the Stargate itself. I said himself like it's a <laughs> person. Maybe we should grant the gate personhood. We could, but then I don't know the stargate might not prefer those pronouns so uh, true so we don't know yeah yeah very good point yeah so i don't want to assume anything about the stargate anyway (laughs) so hammond says that the gravity field will contain the blast within the mountain and poses no threat to the world outside sam disagrees with this And Hammond says, we're going to lose the planet if we don't try this. But Sam thinks that the base could be destroyed, leaving the
0: wormhole intact. That would be inconvenient.
1: Yes. And Hammond's like, well, we've been given orders, which went really well the last time when they were (laughs) lying to the friends of the Salish. Yeah, of Tanani. (laughs) But too bad people up there have been working at this a lot longer than sam has so he's ordering an evacuation of the sgc and needs two volunteers to stay behind to saw off the auto destruct
0: jack and cromwell offer to stay just the two of them i was a little surprised sam didn't volunteer to stay but i guess she wants to go up to the the science station and do some nerding
1: she needs to nerd yeah you yeah. you can't you can't you can't you can't stop the
0: nerd that's true. Very oh. true. I, <laughs> obviously, I know that <laughs> as already evidenced with my tangent on G-forces. <laughs> yes.
1: So they're going to stay tuned to Sheet the Countdown. Hammond then gets on an uh, intercom and says, Attention. And before he says anything else, suddenly the computer screens are already flashing the words evacuate before he's even ordered the evacuation. But Okay. <laughs> They're getting out of there.
0: Nice. Hadn't noticed that. Good call.
1: So people start heading out. They're even evacuating Siler from the
0: infirmary. Good times. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm spacing and uh, still thinking about (laughs) (laughs) G-forces. So I got distracted. As you should. Yes. Yes. Back in the control room, Hammond tells Jack to wait five minutes before they start the countdown for the self-destruct. Sam tells Jack to make sure he gives himself enough time to get out. Jack's like, time, funny. Everyone leaves except for Jack and Cromwell who stare unhappily at each other. Up on the surface, people are evacuating from a side door coming out into nature. <laughs> I almost said Hammond, Sam. Hammond and Sam exit, and a guard tells Hammond that they were starting to get worried because apparently it's been 22 hours Jeez. since Hammond went down. And as far as Hammond was concerned, it was only 20 minutes. So the guard tells him that General Cohen's waiting for him at the command post, and Sam is guessing at this point that the time in the gate room is about 600% below normal, which was a weird way to word it. Why not say one sixth <laughs> normal? Oh. But she points out that five minutes for, for Jack and Cromwell is going to be about six hours or more on the surface. Hammond <laughs> just looks at her with disgust and says, Captain, Captain relativity, relativity gives me a headache.
1: headache. <laughs> that was great. Like, yeah. Down in the control room, Cromwell is looking at the screen that has the frozen image of SG-10, or specifically, I think, what's his name? sg oh, boy.
0: Boyd, oh my! Why was Boyd's face on like all of the monitors? I was wondering. <laughs> I don't know. Like looking into the camera and screaming. It was just his face on almost all of the monitors, all the overhead monitors for sure, and some of the lower down, like computer level ones as well.
1: They got tired of the flashing evac signs, so they had to change the screensaver, the background image to something more palatable. I guess. So this a dying Karen- man is yes. more palatable. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yep. Jack, yeah. <laughs> Jack says that Boyd was a good officer, smart, reminds him of Carter a little. This was his first mission with his team. Cromwell says he looks scared, and Jack's like, "Well, he's about to be swallowed by a black hole, and he knows it." On the surface, Sam is mathing on a whiteboard. <laughs> She's handed coffee and takes a donut. But then she changes her mind and puts the donut back. And that's gross. What's wrong with the donut, Sam? And also now someone else has to touch your your hand donut. Where have your hands right. been?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And also donuts are great. So why are you looking at the donut with disgust? Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: What up, Sam?
0: <laughs> but yeah, like now that donut's all germy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tilk comes up to her and says that while she's staring at the board and says that perhaps the rest of the answers will come. And Sam asks if he With rest, he said. Oh, with rest. Perhaps with with rest the answers will come.
0: (laughs) He's trying to gently coax her away from the board to take a break. Yes.
1: Sam asks, do you know anything about quantum gravity? (laughs) She says, me either. Because Teal does not answer. (laughs) And Sam says that there's not enough time, basically, to find an answer. Because this could take a lifetime to figure out they sit down. Tilk asks how he can help. Sam is just talking about the science. The time dilation radius is wider than the gate room and it's expanding, but it's happening in advance of the gravity field and according to what she thought she knew, that's not possible, but Tilk says yes, yet it is so. And Sam says they'd all be pulled apart by now and that the team up above who has made the decision about blowing up the gate, has made assumptions with no regard for the observations they've made. And they don't know what's going on, so they're going to blow it up and there's nothing they can do about it. So she's pretty frustrated. Quite.
0: Down in the gate room, Jack and Cromwell are getting ready to set the self-destruct. They enter their codes to initiate it, and they're just waiting for the time to, to come to pull the trigger or push the button or whatever it is they need to do. Cromwell says, maybe now you know how it feels. And Jack just kind of lets that go and asks if he's done. Cromwell says he is. Jack hits the enter key and then says on his mark, they're going to run like hell. And that is apparently going to be two minutes from now. Back up on the surface, Sam is looking at a monitor and tells Hammond that the gravity field now extends to the blast doors. And and that's that's bad (laughs) hammond asks her if she still thinks that the plan won't work and she reiterates that yeah it's not going to work she thinks the gravity field is going to dampen the explosion and leave the wormhole and the gate intact so that everything will continue to get sucked in first the mountain then six months later all of colorado and then six months after that she cuts herself off and says well at least daniel will live on out there somewhere (laughs) Hammond says, well, if you're wrong for once, and I hope you are, we can eventually restart the program with the second gate. And then Sam is all of a sudden struck by inspiration. And she says, that's it. We do use a bomb. But instead of blowing up the mountain, they need to focus the energy of the blast directly into the gate. They remind everybody yet again about how when the second gate was discovered, an energy surge caused the wormhole to jump from one gate to another. So she thinks if they channel enough energy into the gate from this side, that it would make the wormhole on the far end jump to a different world altogether. That doesn't have a wormhole at it, but that doesn't have a black hole at it. And after that, they should just be able to shut the gate down. So she is suddenly frantic to go down and stop them from pulling the self-destruct.
1: When she's making this explanation, she does use a donut. She does as use an a example donut. Yeah. So maybe those donuts aren't for eating. They are just for demonstrating yeah. concepts to people. They're just for
0: illustrative purposes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she can pick one up and put one down because nobody's eating the donuts. Apparently, yeah. They're meant to represent the gate and the gate alone, and that's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always carrying around a box of donuts. Yep. Yes. For that reason. That's why I carry donuts around all the time. Yes. never know when you (laughs) might need to emulate a Stargate. (laughs) I would probably eat the donut.
1: (laughs) I don't like to use it as a visual aid. I just want to eat food. That's... Because
0: donuts and food are delicious. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Down in the control room, they've still got a minute to go until they press their button, pull the trigger, yada, yada. Cromwell says, maybe the last one,
0: meaning the minute, I think. Yeah, but why wouldn't they get out? So I don't know why he was. I don't uh, know.
1: Then he addresses Jack. We used to be friends. and Jack's like, yep. And Jack apparently got left behind on a mission because Cromwell thought he was dead. And Cromwell wanted to go back for him, he says. But, you know, things happen can't always go back for people jack's like let's just do this and get out of here and cromwell continues his defense of his decision that he made a judgment call to save the rest of the team and jack's like i saw you leave and then he was apparently a pow for four months in an iraqi prison so that's that's not great
0: nope so we finally get that backstory on jack because we talked about that when they were on the prison planet and Daniel's like mocking him. Have you been in prison before? And Jack's like, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Jack's still mad about it. Cromwell's like, I thought you were dead. Jack's like, thought you thought wrong. What do you want? Forgiveness. And Cromwell says, yes. And Jack's like, too bad. Nobody gets left behind. And Cromwell turns around and points to Boyd and is like, what about him? And Jack's like, that's different. And Cromwell says, "Now, nah, same thing. So they, they've got some issues. They do. Then there's some rumbling and the glass in front of the control room shatters and gets sucked into the gate. Or towards the gate, because I think the iris is still up at this yeah, point. Yeah, the iris is yeah. still closed. So Sam appears then and is like, no auto-destruct.
0: And apparently, Siler, who was unconscious, is now well enough to also be walking around and is with her.
1: Who knows how long he was up there recovering. (laughs) That's
0: a fair point, too.
1: Sam has another idea for what they need to do. She does.
0: So later on, Siler's playing with some rope. And apparently, they dressed Jack and Cromwell in some G-suits to help them withstand the extra forces that they will be exposed to in the gate room. They're going to send them down with a bomb, and by down, I mean across, but gravity is pulling them as though it is pulling them down, even though they are moving horizontally towards the gate. Sam says she is currently having that bomb modified and that it's then going to be flown from Travis, and Cromwell's like, well, how long is that going to take? And she's like, well, hopefully five more minutes. (laughs) And then she and Jack simultaneously add in, relatively Relatively speaking. speaking, speaking. Silo lets them know everything is ready to go, but they're still waiting for the bomb. And suddenly Tilk comes down carrying that bomb. And Jack says to Tilk, well, you got better quick. And Tilk reminds him, it's been several days for me. Sam says that everyone that doesn't actually need to be there needs to leave now. And Tilk asks why the bomb can't just be set by remote, but Sam says that they need to put it at the exact right distance and the exact right angle before setting the timer to account for the time dilation variance in order to make this plan work. Kreml starts to say, she is. And then Jack cuts him off and says, way smarter than we are. I know.
1: (laughs) And then they're on magic ropes that, you know, that are sideways, but really heading down into the gate
0: through gravity being pulled at greater than 7 G forces so in this vertical direction they really shouldn't be conscious for very long <laughs> if at all because it's got to be greater than 7 G's by now
1: they're moving along slowly with the bomb while Sam and Teal watch and... and then
0: the guys got pulled apart and died because the G's were so high <laughs> and then the planet was destroyed and yes. the show ended the end, the end. Cromwell's
1: like like oh. old times <laughs> Jack's like, sure, black holes, wormholes, old times. Good times. On the surface, the Lieutenant Crush hands Hammond his coffee, and they are talking about whether or not they think this is
0: going to get shut down, and Hammond says, we'll know sometime tomorrow. Back down in the gate room, we get a cool kind of Frexian top-down view of the guys rappelling towards the gate, and the event horizon is now shaped like a full on whirlpool funnel not just a little swirl like it was before can't ever achieve that in a swimming pool man (laughs) definitely not to this magnitude and force for sure not they continue to slowly move towards the gate being very careful as they repel their way i guess not down but towards the gate cromwell says he feels like he's put on a few hundred pounds and jack's like well i wasn't going to say anything up in the control room sim and till can't really do anything more than watch Tilk says that Jack and Cromwell appear to be moving very slowly, but she reminds him that that's just from their perspective. Siler, who's there on belay, holding with the ropes and letting it out so the guys can lower it down, points out to Sam that suddenly the rolly chairs are getting pulled towards the gate. And then the remaining windows that were still intact also shatter. Sam tries to yell down to them, but her voice is very distorted and warped so that they can barely hear her. They can't make out what she says at all and as the glass shatters past them because it's falling faster than they're being lowered somehow jack isn't at all harmed by this shower of broken glass but cromwell's pretty cut up we see his arm is pretty pretty bloody after that we also get a quick glimpse of a piece of glass ominously wedging itself between the rope and a metal buckle of some sort at this point jack decides they're close enough and cromwell uh, tells cromwell to set the timer for 20 seconds Cromwell tries to argue that he doesn't think that's going to be enough time, but Jack just tells him to do it. So Cromwell starts to climb up the rope a little bit towards the top of the bomb. And we then get a cool image of the iris collapsing in on itself and getting sucked into the wormhole. Jack is suddenly yanked a bit closer to the wormhole when this happens. But Syler is doing a good job of his belay work so Jack doesn't fall too far. Cromwell flips over, head down, and then immediately his brain explodes and he dies. And then the episode is over the end. (laughs) That is what happened. True facts. (laughs) But what I wish had happened instead is that he hadn't died. Jack continues to argue with him to go up to the bomb while Cromwell is arguing back that Jack needs to climb farther away from the gate first. We see the piece of rope with the glass sitting on it all of a sudden snap, even though it didn't actually look like the glass was cutting into it. It was just kind of sitting on top of it. But in either case, the rope broke and Cromwell suddenly falls towards the gate. He doesn't fall through the gate because he had been holding on to Jack trying to pull him back up. But now Jack is struggling to pull himself and Cromwell back up so that they can get away from the gate and also set the bomb Cromwell gets this determined look on his face at this point and looks up at Jack for a few moments while Jack is distracted and trying to pull them back up. And then Cromwell, let's go. Yes. Indeed. He is pulled into the gate, into the black hole. Jack tries to catch him, but unfortunately cannot. Sam and Teal can only look on at this point, still not really able to do anything. But now that Jack isn't being weighed down by an extra person, he is able to climb back up towards the bomb, set the timer. Some tense moments pass, and the countdown on the bomb continues as we get shots between Jack and Tilk pulling on the rope, trying to get him back up. And Sam and Siler are also pulling on the rope from behind Tilk. And lots of transitions all around. The bomb explodes.
1: There's the juice.
0: And Jack is engulfed in a bright white light. And he died and And he died the end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: There were some nice uh nice nice views of uh Teal'c's strong arms in that. That was Good uh, work. I was like, Wow man, <laughs> Chris are a judge. Yeah. Well done. Yep. Look at those arms. Yeah. I wish I had those arms. Great arms. Yeah. It turns out Jack didn't die and oh. he wakes up in the infirmary
0: with the rest of the team including Daniel. Yeah. I liked the transition here because it was the bright flash from the explosion and then they transitioned to a light in the infirmary shining into the camera as Fraser pulls the light away from the camera. Yeah. That was good. I thought that was cool. Yeah.
1: And Daniel's like, "Hey, did I miss anything? Like a giant <laughs> ass people died,
0: Daniel."
1: <laughs> and Jack's like, "Made it." And Hammond says, we all made it thanks to you. And not really, because not everyone made it, but okay. Right. Cromwell died, guys. Right. Also uh,
0: Boyd and his whole team. Yes,
1: and all, the whole team, yes. Jack was asks how he managed to survive, and Sam says that Teal pulled him out far enough before the bomb went off. Okay. Strong giant arms. Yeah. Jack thanks Teal. Teal says, you're welcome. Sam says that the blast went where it was supposed to and the wormhole jumped to P2A870 wherever that is Who knows? and then they shut it down after that and Jack says to Sam good thinking Sam says thank you Hammond says they are in the midst of installing a new iris that is strengthened with trinium so everyone was friends so I guess we got some trinium anyway
0: from but But they were supposed to shut down the gate. Or they said they were going to shut down the gate.
1: I don't know. Maybe they got the trinium before. Maybe it's from pre... I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, they got some trinium somewhere. I was wondering that, too, how they got this. Yeah. So he says they'll be back in business in no time. (laughs) Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. Jack asks what day it is. And Sam and Daniel look at one another. And Daniel says, well, since you reported for duty yesterday, it's been two weeks. Oops. Yeah. So Jack's like, I'm going to sleep in. And Sam says, okay. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That was yeah, the episode. That was the episode. Ooh, Kathy. Yes. Did Mary. you
0: like this episode?
1: I did like this episode. Uh, I thought that I liked, you know, the Sam and Jack interaction at the beginning was funny. And then it sort of continued yes. through with Jack's like not understanding and Sam nerding out and I always enjoy that and I thought this was kind of this was an interesting episode I like the way the time passed differently and that things on the outside were happening and it did affect them it wasn't like this contained Mm -hmm. thing where it was just affecting the SGC but there are other people on earth like keeping an eye on this and they have protocols in place in case things go awry which is good to know but like I just... I liked that, and I, li- I thought it was just a very um,
0: suspenseful episode, too. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah. How about you?
0: I also enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I thought there were, there were a lot of lines of dialogue that I thought were really funny or, like, different exchanges between people that I thought were really entertaining. So I thought it was pretty funny at some points, but then also, like you said, a lot of it was really exciting. Even though, in this case, a lot of the science was a bit beyond me, I still at least got some of it, and I thought it was cool... As I kind of pointed out before, that like way back then they were still only kind of hypothesizing gravity waves, and it was only within the last year or two that we were able to actually find evidence that they are in fact real. I will give them a pass on not really understanding how G-forces work, I suppose, <laughs> because I still really enjoyed the episode, even despite the fact that like they should have all died <laughs> <in> <laughs> any number of horrible ways <laughs> as a result of those strong forces that they were being exposed to. Yeah, it was good times. I thought it was a very fun episode, fun and funny uh, and exciting. Yeah. yeah.
1: In- initially I was a little bit I just just thinking about this. Initially I was a little bit like, oh, there was no closure for Jack and Cromwell and then I was like, you know what? That's actually much truer to life than yeah. TV normally gives you. So like, right. I mean, there is the closure in the sense that Cromwell just sacrificed himself to make sure they, you know, that everybody survived. Yeah. So but like, there was no like, Jack forgives you, Jack saw the great sacrifice you made and now understands. And like, right. so yeah, I don't know, I yeah. like that too.
0: Yeah, I agree. It wasn't like a lot of shows would have like a sappy moment where they're like, We're gonna be, we're all, we're okay, all the water's under the bridge and we're friends again. And yeah, and it's... then kill them off, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, they were still arguing and then they killed him off, and it didn't yeah. necessarily have that happy ending. But like you said, that's more realistic, yeah, frequently unfortunately
1: so what's next i will find out hold on fabulous i can't wait till it gets less busy at work so that i can spend more time at work
0: doing (laughs) podcast things oh i can't really do that well i can do that a little bit during lab time when students are working but mostly i'm helping them out so nobody at work
1: uh listen to this podcast please because nobody (laughs) I mean, I don't yeah. do a lot, but like sometimes I'd like read through my notes and stuff, or like look stuff up while I'm like just sitting at a desk waiting yeah. for people.
0: My schedule will ease up a little bit as we get farther into the semester because, like, learning how to teach a new course, like not like even like figuring out the top subject material and like powerpoints and all that aside, like I have to teach this particular course the way that the lab coord or that the course coordinator wants me to teach it. So. I don't have, like, full say over, like, what to do when, and, like, so just trying to, like, figure out her style of everything and what assignments she wants me to do is uh, challenging, but, like, it'll all become routine eventually. Yeah.
1: So next, we have Stargate SG-1. Oh, still that one? Yeah, still that one. It didn't end like we
0: thought it did. Oh. Yeah. I thought it ended, like, three times at least today. I know. (laughs) Or at least it was kind of like Clue, that the movie that has like three or four different endings. (laughs) I love that movie. It's such a great movie. It is.
1: But instead, we are going to watch SG-1 Season 2, Episode 17, Holiday. From the Netflix, when the SG-1 team stumbles upon the chamber of former gold enemy, Michello, they fall victim to his powerful body-swapping
0: invention or hmm. yeah haven't they already swapped bodies i guess that was just technically with Did robot they? Oh, right, well, the not robots. Really. yeah and it wasn't really so much swapping as their consciousnesses were downloaded
1: this the booklet says jackson's body is swapped with that of an old gold enemy named michello As Jackson lies dying in the alien's aging body, O'Neill and Teal'c accidentally switch forms too. And unless the alien is captured, all three will be trapped in their new bodies forever. I am looking forward
0: to this. That sounds pretty entertaining. I I don't remember this episode, but it sounds funny.
1: I love body swap stuff almost (laughs) as much as time travel. I like seeing...
0: On shows like this where you have characters who, like, know each other really well, I like seeing how they portray each other. That yes. always amuses me.
1: It's great. I, I yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. Slash, yes. I vaguely remember but don't remember exactly how everybody acts. So
0: yeah, <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. That does sound like it will be fun. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice if you haven't already done so. We are continuing to release episodes every Monday, even with the start of my new semester and busier schedule. You can also find our episodes on YouTube. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated, so please feel free to review us or like us on those various formats. And word of mouth is also super helpful to get other people to listen to the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are stargatesing at both of those. You can also contact us on our website, which is stargatesing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can contribute to the podcast at patreon.com slash stargatesing. The contributions of our very generous donors are what are allowing me to continue this on a weekly basis rather than switching back to every other week now that school has started up again. And you'll also get uh, access to boner, boner, (laughs) (laughs) bonus donor content and episodes. There is no boner content. There is no boner content. We keep it relatively PG-13, I would say, at worst over there. (laughs) Maybe R if you're talking about bonus episodes where we're (laughs) swearing. (laughs) I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargate sing The End. The End. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Yay.
1: Founder <laughs> content. Yes. That would be Good a time. very different uh thing we'd be running here. That that would be very different. <laughs>